All right, episode seven. Welcome to the Curiosity Game. Today we talk about injuries. Yeah, we're going to talk about how we deal with them, uh, our mindset as we approach them, and, and maybe a little bit uh, on how we try to avoid them. There's a lot of good knowledge bombs in here and a lot of good takeaways. Thanks for listening. Yeah, enjoy. Welcome to episode seven of The Curiosity Game. I'm Jordan Fisher. I'm Michael Leary. And I think today we want to talk a little bit about injuries, uh, about kind of what they are, what that means to us, how we train around them, mindset. I love it. All that good. Such an important topic uh, as both of us have had injuries and had different responses to injuries. But before we get into that, let's thank our sponsors. What do you have for a sponsor this week? Oh, man. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. I am going surfing for the third time in my life in about an hour. This is um, in the winter, by the it's way. It's in the winter in Maine. Um, with some potential waves that are maybe a little on the big side for me. So if you're a little anxious driving over to your house to record this, I needed to get in the right mood. Uh, so I would like to thank uh, my sponsor, the British punk band Idols, for providing me the energy that I need to do this. Um, watch their NPR Tiny Desk concert. It's Ooh, good. That's good. Yeah. I'll have to check that out because I've actually never heard of them. Get on it, man. So I'll do that later today. Uh, I have a new sponsor, Honest Baby Wipes and Honest <laughs> Diapers. Uh, Court and I had a baby two weeks ago, yeah. so we are in the trenches with this, having a wonderful time, but the amount of diapers and wipes we've gone through <laughs> is amazing. So they're our new sponsor for this week. Oh man, I love it. So good. Uh, so for injuries, the reason we're bringing this up is you recently went through a little injury. Yeah. You want to explain a little bit about that? I absolutely do. Yeah. So... Um... This is sort of the textbook, what you don't want to happen when you're deadlifting scenario. Um, so I was uh, deadlifting probably, I don't know, like 80% or something. Yeah. Everything felt good. I got to right around the knees and then I felt a pop in my low back. Um, and there was no denying yeah. that there was something had gone wrong. It was one of those, feel the pop, it hurts, involuntarily drop the bar, yeah. stagger away. And then it's, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Yeah. All the lights on the dashboard are going off. <laughs> yeah, my check engine light was blinking. <laughs> Panic is set in. Like, what is this? And that's happened before, right? Yeah, it's something. So uh, I've sort of had a pretty garden variety, like sprain, strain sort of thing twice in my life. And the first time was probably about three years ago. Yeah. Um, and could not be more different than yeah. this time around. How so? Uh well, I guess the first time, there was never like an acute thing that happened. It was maybe not paying my mobility dues mm -hmm. um, and moving in some crappy ways. And just over time, it accumulated until one day, my low back was just too lit up to do anything. Yeah. Um, and so I chose three years ago to approach the situation uh, first with denial. <laughs> always good. <laughs> always always a good good. If denial doesn't work, go to the next practices. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I tried that. And unfortunately, I think some of the advice I got was like, just do what you're doing with lighter weights. And mm -hmm. it's good intention, but um, that probably prolonged my recovery. Yeah. Um, and so I tried to just keep on doing what I've been doing. Um, and I was able to do that for like a week until I had to admit, like, defeat. defeat. <laughs> Um, and then it was like pity party. Yeah. Then it was like, well, moving didn't work. So now I'm just going to lay on the couch and feel sorry for myself. Yeah. Um, Which is the mindset piece of that is so huge because the way you look at this one versus that one seems 
to be significantly different. Totally different. And for so for context, that uh, injury three years ago, realistically, it took me like five months to really recover from to where I could walk in the gym and move about like feeling yeah. confident. Yeah. You know, this time around, a week and a half. Yeah. And it's amazing to see because just watching your approach coming in, like you come in, you do your mobility, you do the things that are going to help you put yourself in those positions, but unweighted. So you're using your body stimulus and the response your body's giving you that allows you to choose the range of motion that you can go into safely. Yeah. And the idea too with that is your body has ranges of motion that are safe and every day is going to be different just based on like, did I sit in the car for a long time? Did I feel a pop deadlifting? Did I just, have I moved really well and have like a lot of degrees of freedom? And the interesting thing with that is you, every day is a new day to assess that. Mm -hmm. So no matter whether you're injured or not injured, putting your joints through their fullest range of motion every day, um, which in the functional range conditioning world is called yeah. CARS, or Controlled Articulate Rotations. Controlled Articulate Rotations. Which is a very fancy way of saying the biggest joint circle you can. So every single joint in your body, your neck, your thoracic spine, your shoulders, your hips, your knees, your ankles, your toes, everything has a specific range of motion. And if you can... Uh, with purpose, move each joint through its full range of motion, you are basically telling yourself what the, for that day that range of motion is. So that's done for two reasons. One, you can look at it as an assessment tool. So you can see right. like, okay, one shoulder, I can make this huge circle. The other one, I get really sticky or I get pain in one spot. So then that tells you this is an area to work on. And the second is that helps you pattern the range of motion you have. So like, let's say you do a lot of mobility work. If you then do a car afterwards, you're imprinting all the work you just did, and you're, from a neurological sense, you're owning that new range of motion. Interesting. It's really fascinating stuff. That was sort of something, and I, I could not have told you any of this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have the background. I just that out on that. <laughs> uh, but I think there was probably, I was like sort of doing a lot of that yeah. when I hurt my back this time around, which was sort of thinking that um, because like I felt that pop, mm -hmm. but like I could still walk. Yeah. There was no pain shooting down my legs. Yeah. Like, so kind of feeling like maybe a portion of the pain I was experiencing was just neurological nervous system, putting the brakes on yeah. some range of motion because it doesn't want me to get hurt again. Yeah. So just trying to move every single day up to the point in that range of motion where I felt pain Yeah. and then stopping and, and that's doing that every day. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing because what happens is that range of motion immediately following the deadlift or the day after the deadlift. Is tiny. It's zero. Like, like yeah. it seems like zero. You're like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But you go a millimeter further the next day, and a millimeter further the next day, and a millimeter further the next day, and all of a sudden, all of that adds up and builds up, and now you are moving pretty much back to where you were. And if you keep that going, now you're going to probably have a bigger range than you did when you hurt yourself. Oh, that's interesting. So now you're huh. making yourself more durable and coming out of that even stronger with more range on the other side. That's actually, I love that because that hadn't, has never occurred to me. Yeah. Right? I think so often with injury, the goal is to get back to where you were before you got hurt. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that the injury is an opportunity yeah. to go beyond that. Yeah. On the other side of your recovery, you can have a better range of motion yeah. or be stronger or whatever it is. Yeah. That's way cool. I look, and I love looking at that from a coaching perspective, but it also definitely bleeds into my life because if I get injured and can't do the things that make me happy, which is training in the gym, doing the crossfit type stuff, surfing, climbing. Like, if I can't do that stuff because I'm injured, I'm not going to be very happy. Right. So for me, like, if that mobility stuff or the 
you know, functional range conditioning, if that helps me as like my buy-in to let me do this stuff and be able to go in and like throw down with my friends, I'm going to be way happier. So to me, like the 10 minutes of doing the cars in the morning is like the price to pay or the admission to be able to throw down and have fun later. You had talked about this a little bit earlier as like a, like a bank account. Yeah. Right. Where, um, and I think too, you have to account for that. Like there are some injuries where like stuff just happens. Mm -hmm. Like you jump and you land wrong. Yeah. You slip on the ice, whatever, like just acute events that are outside of your control. But I'm going to guess that doesn't account for like the majority of injuries that happen. A lot of it is. Um, maybe not paying those mobility dues, yeah. moving weirdly, bad motor control, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's like preventable. Yeah. So you had talked about um, you have a bank account and you have to uh, sort of put into that bank account. And then when you train hard and go full send, you're withdrawing. Yeah. And if you're out of balance and get in the red, yeah. you're asking to get injured. Yeah. And it is, that's how I look at everything as it relates to like your overall well-being. Like, if you're taking time to do, like, a breath work routine, even if it's three minutes, but it down-regulates you, that's money in the bank. Like, you go out and decide to, like, have a couple beers, you know, after work with friends. Like, super fun, great to enjoy, but that's going to deduct from your bank account. So everything is, you're never staying, like, stagnant. You're always moving towards or away from your goals in that regard, or taking money in and taking money out. It's such an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um... I was thinking too, we kind of started off talking about uh, like mindset yeah. being really important. And I was sort of thinking of our uh, podcast with Taylor Sleaford mm-hmm. and how a lot of what he talked about was um, like the most important factor is how you talk to yourself. Yeah. Or like, I love the, the question, like, is your mind your friend? Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Right. So I think uh, I approached that word for me this most recent time around with my injury was making sure my mind was my friend Yeah. and choosing to look at like the injury and the recovery as like a challenge. Yeah. Like, all right, so this is what's in front of me. Like, how well can I handle it? Yeah. Um, and I, like I think that. that made like all the difference because there's no denial component yeah. and there's no pity party either. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to do everything I can each day to try to get a little bit better oh, and I accept like what I get. And then, yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the proof is just sort of that this, I'm, you know, it's a, I'm a week and a half out and like, yeah. I can touch my toes and, back you know, normal. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Throwing down muscle ups and putting yourself in your spine in the different positions yeah. that would seem super vulnerable yeah. had you not been doing this work. With zero pain. Yeah. So. That's a good point. Because mindset really in that regard plays in for the injury thing, but also just your approach and looking at where you're at from a physical sense. Right. That's one thing. Like I am to a fault structured to a place where <laughs> like I run like a German train and I like things exactly how they are. And having a baby has been the most humbling thing because like there is no such thing as a schedule. Right. So like training, I want to go in and train every day super hard, but like that's not going to happen. So it's finding like those little pockets where like we're doing tummy time on the ground and she's working and I'm sitting in a 90-90 hip position working on my not great internal rotation of my hips. And all of a sudden now like everybody, I'm happy because I feel like I'm putting money in the bank while still having family time. And it's pretty remarkable when you zoom out and look at it in that sense. I love that. And instead of looking at it as like, shoot, I can't make it to the gym or I can't train. I'm not moving forward to my goals. It's like I enjoy the mobility stuff because I know when I go into squat, I can think just about squatting and not be like, when I get to the bottom and I'm coming out of the hole, is my hip going to hurt or am I going to start shifting to the side? Like all that noise starts to dissipate from doing the mobility work at home. Yeah. 
So it's a pretty neat way to look at that. Well, I love the, the sort of common commonality because they're obviously very different situations. Like hurting your back on a deadlift is not the same thing as having a child, obviously. But in both cases, it's sort of circumstances have changed. Yeah. Right? So like, what do you want to do with that? Yeah. You know, I love that. It is, it is super neat to look at. And it does come back to what you just said about your mindset, really. Like how you look, you can look at every situation in like a great light or a poor light. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to dictate the way you feel about that situation. Because the situation yeah. is what it is. Like you right. are going to get injured. You know, the, there are times where training's not going to be, you're not going to be able to get to training. Yeah. And it's, it's how you look at that. Yeah. And that is something I think that um, some people struggle with a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was having this conversation uh, with my wife the other day, just about the idea that um, you know, if you move your body in sports or just for fun in life, you're probably going to get injured. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like the price of admission is accepting that risk. Yeah. But I think we have a culture that is like so obsessed with comfort mm -hmm. that the idea of like intentionally stepping out of that yeah. and risking discomfort on purpose yeah. uh, seems like crazy to some people. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is like, it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it just is. Yeah. And there's I mean, so much growth that comes from that. And I think about like the experiences I've had, like in different adventure sports or just like pushing myself in different disciplines. And the confidence I gained from doing that is huge. Right. So like, and that confidence carries over into being a new dad, into like being a good partner, into like taking off on business endeavors. Like it's that putting yourself in those situations where like I can get potentially injured right. and understanding like either you don't get injured every time or you do and it's not the end of the world. Right. Like you do and now you have a really neat opportunity to figure out how to fix yourself. Right. And as soon as you're done playing the victim and realize that you are in control of that, it's it's really powerful. Yeah. And it does. It, it's like an easy metaphor for life. Yeah, some good growth opportunity. Yeah. For sure. It's fascinating. Um, so one thing we started doing like a year or two ago was getting pretty specific about our warm-ups um, as a way to ensure that we are limiting any potential right. for injuries while we're training. Yes. Um, do you want to explain a little on like what we've been doing for that? Yeah, for sure. I think I look at the warm-up as like that's an opportunity to put some more in the bank. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is – I think some of it is – fairly commonsensical if you're in the training world like we're gonna look at what the workout is <laughs> sorry dog's throwing up in the yeah. corner here <laughs> like from the mic <laughs> uh, a lot of it is looking at what the workout is and then sort of asking how we want to prepare ourselves to do that yeah um so it's a lot of like we've been doing a lot of um, like shoulder bulletproofing lately because crossfit yeah. is just tough on the shoulders yeah you know so uh i think i'm a big fan of like the bottoms up kettlebell press yeah for like stability through mm -hmm. that range of motion. Yeah. I think some warm up is like offsetting what we're doing. So like we do a lot of um, like pushing, yeah. for example. So like banded pull aparts yeah. to sort of offset that like tight chest thing that happens, especially if you're like me and you sit in front of a keyboard all day. Yeah. You tend to be kind of like this like <laughs> curled over yeah. hunchback kind of thing. Yeah. So and it's it's pretty neat because one, when we you take the patterns that you're going to be doing, you can break them down into like their more regressed versions, and then you can have fun with that. So yeah. like even if it is like hip bridges or like kettlebell deadlifts and carries to warm up, like we'll put them into an EMOM. Mm -hmm. So we'll make this fun piece where it's like one conditioning piece for a minute. So get your heart rate up, get your nervous system ready. Then we'll do some like structural work, like the bottoms up press mm -hmm. or pull apart. 
and then we'll do like some skill piece. So yes. it's fun. Like it's, and that's the biggest thing is people always feel like these warm ups have to be super lame and boring, and like I have to do this. Like we throw in like muscle up skill work or handstand walking or yeah, like handstand holds or handstand holds, and it's like at that point like you're becoming more stable, you're becoming a lot more safe. Like you're working on a skill that you're going to be doing later on with a high heart rate, so you might as well do it now while you're fresh and you know your yeah. nervous system's ready. And then it becomes fun. Like I start to look forward to the warm ups. We start to plan out like what we're going to do more than we are in the training sessions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is funny too because you know I never thought about it that way. Uh, but the warm-ups, uh, you know, we make them up ourselves, so it's more open-ended. Yeah. And there's, like, opportunity just to play. Yeah. You know, we're sort of preparing for the workout, and that's that's sort of set how it is. Um, but, yeah, just being able to, like, practice some of that skill work um, and just play around a little bit, it's super fun. Which, and I love that, too, because then it gives a little bit more ownership around it. Like, if somebody else writes a warm-up and, like, this is what you're going to do, and you're like, okay, you're going to do five inchworms, ten goblet squats, and, like, 15 calories, like, sure, it's a decent warm-up, but at the end of the day, like, there's no emotional buy-in to it. But if you're doing something that is, like, you're warming up, you're coming up with by looking at the patterns and deducting what you need to be doing, mm -hmm. like, now you have a sense of ownership. Right. So now it's like, well, I'm doing this because, like, doing kip swings right now are going to help when we get to bar muscle-ups at right. the end of a workout, and I'm really fatigued. Right. You know, so you're patterning that and you're starting to feel good and you're understanding like the timing of the effort and you're enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. So you're having fun and putting money in the bank. Exactly. Oh, so yeah. good. <clears throat> do you do anything else for recovery to help yourself fend off injuries? Um, so the thing I got back on a super cliche, but like little New Year's resolution uh, going on, uh, especially because we've been talking about breath work so much. Yeah. And I realized I need to get back on my game. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm back in the Wim Hof. Nice stuff. So, yeah. and every morning, yeah. um, I do kind of three rounds of the breathing yep. um, and cold shower. Nice. And do you get in cold? No. Get out Not cold? Not yet. I yeah. get out cold. So yeah. I do my normal thing. And then what I do is I sort of stick my phone off in a dry corner of yeah. the, the shower. I can see yeah. it. And I get a timer going. Yeah. So the first week was 45 seconds. Nice. And then the next week is a minute. And sort yeah. of gradually That's building good. up. Yeah, it's good. But, you know, I think that helps even if it's placebo effect. Yeah. And I don't think that it is by I don't think so either. Um, but even if it is, I feel more confident yeah. throughout the day. Um, I feel a little more bulletproofed. Yep. You know, as I do percent. So I went through a phase where sort of related yet very different. Went through a phase where I thought that bananas were like God's gift to training. I remember that. So yeah. having a banana free training. Totally placebo, but having a banana pre-training, I could do anything. You would be like, yeah, I know we're going heavy today, so I'm going to have a performance-enhancing yeah. banana. And it was amazing. So even if it is placebo, there is something to that. But yeah. I had a similar experience with breathing and with the whim and the cold, and I I don't think it's just placebo. Yeah, but, I don't either. And that, yeah. yeah, for me, it's it's been a few things. Um, because life's been really chaotic lately, it's finding little opportunities to incorporate like the down-regulating breathing into life. Um, so this morning, while he was sleeping on my chest, and you know, I did a breath protocol where I figure like whether she gets it or doesn't, like it's calming me down. Yeah. And she seems to settle down as well, which makes sense because if my heart rate's dropping, hers is gonna. They tend to link up with whatever the person they're on is doing. Um, and then we had. I'll do a couple sauna sessions. Because right now I'm not trying to induce a lot of stress, extra stress, because You've I'm not plenty. sleeping. There's a lot going on. It's it is a little stressful. So it's taking a few, a little bit of time to go in the sauna, 
just do like gentle mobility. And then I've been making sure that I do my cars every day. Nice. And actually, it's been something that Court and I have been doing together because she's recovering from giving birth. So right now, her pelvic floor is non-existent, and she's working on getting back to feeling good again. Mm -hmm. So even though she can't really train yet, by doing those cars and putting her joints to range of motion, she's imprinting everything she currently has. And again, it comes back to if she can get a millimeter more every single day yeah. in a month or two months when she can get back into training... She's going to feel way better. She's going to feel a lot more durable. I love that. Like it sets you up for success and really reduces the potential for injuries. Yes. That's so, awesome. So that's been, that's been my take is trying to slip it in through life. Yeah. I will say though, you say that you used to like to spend a little time in the sauna. Yeah. You're like the sauna champion. <laughs> like oh, I just did an hour in the sauna. Um, and for those who've never been in a sauna, my experience has been I can do about 15 minutes. Yeah, because Maybe 10, realistically. Before. We have a barrel sauna that goes to like 220 degrees, so it gets super hot. Uh. But I sit in there alone and watch my heart rate on my watch and just watch it go up. And I see basically how, not that this is the safest thing in the world, but I see how high I can get my heart rate before I like will tap out. And this yeah. time of year, if I start a little chilly, whether it's from an ice bath or just standing outside when it's below mm -hmm. freezing, I can stay for a about an hour. That's impressive. Um, I will say the sauna, uh, the days we do sauna and ice and yeah. all that, I leave and a couple hours later, I feel good, but I feel like I've trained. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. my muscles feel like yeah. just tired. I feel like my nervous system's kind of smoked. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. And that's where with the, and I know we don't want to go this direction with this podcast, but um, with the exposure stuff, like you can get really cold for a short period of time and that's going to give money in the bank. But anything that you do for exposure where you really push yourself, whether that's really long time in a sauna, really long time in a cold shower or in like an ice bath, that's going to deduct from your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things. But it trains you so you become more resilient. But it is like training. Yeah. So it's you can go in and expose yourself, come right out. And it's like get to a place where you are just about to feel uncomfortable or just do feel uncomfortable and get out. Right. But if you're sitting in there watching your heart rate go up and you're <laughs> like, okay, like that stimulus needs to be looked at as a training session. Yeah. Because your nervous system is really taking a toll from that. That makes sense to me. So, which yeah, is that's cool. how it feels anyway. But again, anything that, and if you can take life and look at it as, you know, a bank account, a personal bank account where everything's taking in, going out, that's going to really help just keep you injury free and moving yeah. in a good direction. And it sounds like if you do find yourself uh, dealing with an injury, just to recap a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think uh, just keeping a good mindset. Yeah. I think moving through the range of motion that you have intentionally every single day. Yeah. Those are the two big takeaways. Yeah. I think for me anyways, I dealt with. Yeah, those are good. And the other thing too that, I mean, having coached a ton of people and I typically work with people who are a little older, so usually have just a lifetime of movement and injuries, is talk to people about it too. Because everybody, like feels very isolating when you have an injury and everybody always looks at it as like why me this is only me but everybody has gone through different injuries and has different things so it's one thing where like reach out to people and talk to people yeah. and then then also like they'll support you in what you're doing as well which is huge yeah so that, that is a really good point i think um, I think sometimes people are hesitant to ask other folks about yeah. their injuries because you just don't want to go there or make them feel bad. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I think talking about it can put things in perspective. Yeah. You know? And it's one more opportunity for growth. Yeah. Instead of looking at it as a bad thing, look at it as an opportunity to get stronger and make yourself more bearable. Yeah. 
Yeah. So also, to, as we wrap things up, yeah, uh, a disclaimer that we should have put at the front end of this podcast, yeah. but did not. Uh, Michael and I were not doctors. Yeah, definitely we're not. not we're not here to diagnose your injury. Don't play them on the internet. No. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't. Uh, and we're not here to uh, give you specific treatment recommendations, yeah. like for your specific injury. Yes. No. Nope. So uh, we're sharing sharing our experience. Yeah, and different ways in which you can look at it and let it impact you. Yeah. So with that, I'm thinking Jordan's got a head in the water and I'm going to go check on a babes. <laughs> so we'll leave it there. But shout out to your sponsor again. Yeah. Who do we have? British punk band Idols and it's I-D-L-E-S. Yeah. And I'm going with the honest baby wipes and diapers. <laughs> so with that, thank you for tuning in to the curiosity game. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Smash that like button. Oh yeah. Thanks guys.